Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. My name is Manny. In case you're new here, or welcome back. We are back with another episode. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having an amazing week. I am honestly having like really good moods on Sunday now because I'll tell you about it later, but Sundays are now my sleigh day. Instead of Sunday, we should call it sleigh day because I'm just having a really good time and I feel like it just puts me in a really good mood to film my podcast, which is good because before my Sundays were always packed and I would just not be in a good mood to film my podcast. But now that I have much more freedom with my Sundays, I feel a lot better and I'm just in like a more talkative mood to film my podcast. Anyways, hope you're doing well. As I said, let's get into a rosebud and thorn for this week. Okay, my rose is, you might be noticing, I'm wearing a very cute Sherpa jacket. I got this for free from work. Basically, one of our clients at my work didn't, like, they have a bunch of shipments of clothes at our warehouse, and they don't want them anymore, so we got to raid their shipments of clothes and take stuff home for free. Mine is this cute little Sherpa jacket. I love it so much, and uh, yeah, it's so soft. I've never had a Sherpa anything, so I like it a lot. Yeah, that's my rose. My bud is, I have finally decided, okay, first of all, the day I'm recording this is officially my five months of living alone in this apartment. It's been five months and I still don't have a coffee table or a proper rug and my den looks like a mess. So I am going to figure it out today. Just do it all today and get a coffee table and figure out what I'm going to do with this space. And that makes me really excited because I already found a coffee table I really like on Facebook Marketplace this morning. I literally just messaged like, is this available? What's the size? Let's do it. Um, I'm just checking if my boyfriend can come with me to go pick it up because I don't want to die because, you know, Facebook Marketplace. But honestly, I feel like it'll be fine if I go by myself. Just do it in a public place, right? Anyways, that is that and I'm so excited because the coffee table I saw on Facebook Marketplace is really, really cute and I think it'll be a really nice addition to the space. So what I'm thinking, I'm going to do like a TikTok on this probably like furnishing my den, but my whole idea with my den was that I didn't want like a dining table. I don't really know why now that I think about it, but I didn't really want a dining table. Ah, I remember because it wasn't like the best use of space in my opinion, like just having another desk wasn't as cute. I really liked the idea of being able to gather and like everyone just sitting together. And I think it'd be a lot cuter if it's kind of like the Japanese style where everyone's like sitting on the floor. So that's why I wanted to get a multi-purpose coffee table because I could in the morning what I usually do is uh, do a lot of journaling and planning and stuff like that. And I do that on a little cardboard box right now. But my idea is that when I'm living alone, which is basically 99% of the time, I can use this coffee table as like my eating table. I'm sitting on the floor, my journaling table, planning table, like it's a good height for me to sit cross-legged and use the table. But then also it'll be a perfect space because now people can gather around the coffee table. We can play board games. We can eat dinner together. And uh, I think that'll be the perfect use. But... What I was actually thinking about this morning was I'll have my, it's a circular coffee table in the center of the den, which I think will be perfect. And the good thing is it's light enough for me to move it around. So let's say I want to just use the empty space of my den for something else. Like I want to do yoga with my friends in my den. Like I can move the coffee table aside and we can just have this open space. But I also want to get a shelf. I think one more shelf. I have one by the entrance of my 
apartment which is like a bookshelf but I want to get one because I have a ton of stationery and I love stickers and stuff like that if you know I have that all just in another cardboard box here and it's just been in a box for the longest time and I want to set up all my stationery so that my markers can be properly stored and stuff like that so I'm thinking of getting the Ikea like just two by two probably in like a light wood color that's kind of like my aesthetic for this apartment is like light wood and then also the coffee table is also somewhat light wood it's like medium wood so it's not going to perfectly match but honestly I don't really care at this point I just want to get a coffee table so I'm going to get a shelf and then I can stick all of my stationery and stuff there and just like have another place because my apartment really does not have a lot of storage and I've been <laughs> struggling to, you know, put things in the right place because I just don't have a place. So I need to think like I think I just need one more shelf and I'll be good. So that's my plan and hopefully we can get that all done today, which is that sounds like a plan, right? Um, so I'm just trying to see if I can pick up the coffee table from the guy on Facebook Marketplace after work today. Hopefully I can get it up in my apartment and then it'll be good. And then I can finally like not have this blanket on the floor with my cardboard boxes. Like I, I can have a legit apartment if you know what I mean. So that's my bud. I'm really excited. My thorn is, what is my thorn? Um, I don't even know. My thorn is... Uh, okay I'll tell you about this in a little more detail it's one of my uh points on my list of things to talk about but my thorn is just I've had a crazy week and I will explain what I mean by that but I have I've had a really crazy week this week and it's just been a little bit hard to deal with so uh two no one admin thing to talk about before I get into today's topics so I want to kind of talk about the episode formats that I'm going to be going with from now on. And this is kind of just my train of thought. This might change next week, honestly. But again, this is just what I'm thinking right now. So I've always felt a lot of pressure to have like one topic to talk about for an entire episode. And that is really hard because my brain is like popcorn and it pops off and does like 80,000 different things at once like I will have a thought going about something and then it'll trace back and I'll have another thought about something I was thinking about 10 minutes ago so my brain is like popcorn and conversations with me are like popcorn too uh, my boyfriend and I definitely have conversations and then in the middle of us talking about something I'll bring up something else that we talked about like five minutes ago because my brain just needs time to process and then after that processing you know we've already talked about a new topic but then I'm back on the old topic so what I have decided is episode formats where I only have one topic to talk about for the entire episode just don't work for me. And I think I just really thrive on episodes where I have a bunch of different things to talk about, kind of like rapid fire episodes where I get to talk about something for like 10 minutes or so and then move on and be done with it. I think that just works a lot better for me in terms of my brain. And also doing this just makes me feel less pressure with having to make an hour long episode about one certain topic. Like I can't talk about how to chase your dreams for an hour. Like I can probably only talk about it for 20 minutes and then I'm done. So that's my plan going forward is I'm probably going to do a lot of different topics in one episode, which probably is what I've already been doing but I'm just gonna say it out loud just so you guys are clear and you know I'm communicating with you guys um, and that is that so like last week I had that kind of episode where I did a brain dump and I talked about a whole bunch of things that were on my mind and this week and going forward probably it'll just be very similar like that so let's talk about my week now 
my week was very crazy as i said monday tuesday were pretty normal just work days but wednesday morning is where things flipped around so wednesday i don't go to the gym in the morning on wednesdays because on tuesday nights are my boyfriend and my regular date nights of the week day so we hang out on tuesday nights after work and usually it's a little bit later so i don't sleep at my normal bedtime so I don't wake up as early so I did not go to the gym on Wednesday morning and I wake up and I was you know did all my normal morning routine stuff did my makeup and then I was eating breakfast every day I make an avocado toast it's delicious uh I will never get over it until I do I was eating my avocado toast when I hear this huge banging on the door not my door but someone's door in the neighborhood so where I live I don't live like in a condo but I live in very close proximity to a bunch of other houses one like a bunch like I think there's like six units around me and so obviously you can tell my neighborhood's always bustling that's why I actually really like living here because I feel like I would get really freaked out if I saw no one ever but most of the time there's like always people around which makes me feel really good so I heard very loud knocking and then like some talking mumbling I couldn't really hear what people were saying because obviously my doors were closed and they were kind of far away so I heard like these men talking and a bunch of loud knocking I was kind of freaked out I was like whoa what the heck's going on like I didn't it didn't sound like the knocking was on my door like I could tell that much for sure because it wasn't but I was like, where is this? What is going on? And so I open my patio door and just peek outside, but I don't see anything. I'm like, okay, there's nothing around. So I just assume it was like garden work for a neighbor and they were just here really early. So they wanted to make sure that people would hear. I don't really know. I just made some sort of excuse like, oh, it's garden work. I thought my neighbors were getting their roof fixed. So it was like the roofers here to fix their roof. Um, Stuff like that. You know, I didn't really think much of it. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm done my breakfast and I'm getting ready to head out to work. And I open my door and go to work, obviously. So my, the way my condo works is in the front of the house, there's street parking but there's limited time on that. And then in the back of the house, there's like a little alleyway for garages and people to park their cars. Usually I park my car in the front if I go to the gym in the morning because it's just easier that way. I don't really like parking in the back because it's really dark and kind of scary sometimes. But because I was leaving later, I didn't go to the gym. I had to park in the back the night before because you can only park until 7 a.m. on the street. So I parked in the back because I usually leave for work at 8 a.m. And as I am opening my door and getting ready to lock my door and go to the car, I notice when I look out at the front that there's like a bunch of police lights outside. And I was like, whoa, the police lights are really, really close to our house. Like that's a little bit weird. So I wanted to walk up to the front to see what was going on because I was like, oh, maybe it has to do with the knocking that's going on. Like, what the heck? Also, I'm just like a very curious and nosy person. So I enjoy getting to know what's going on. But before I can even make it to the front of the house, I pass by basically like to walk to the front. There's like a fence between me and my neighbor and I can see into their yard because we live pretty close together. And I walk past the yard and I can see there are cops in the neighbor's yard and they are putting up caution tape all over the yard 
And then in that moment, I literally freeze. I have no idea what to do. And I'm just staring at them. Like, I don't think my brain could process. It was really early in the morning. It was like 8 a.m. I already heard this knocking now. So I was kind of freaked out already. And then there's police lights. And now there's police officers in my neighbor's yard, like putting up caution tape. I'm like, uh, what the heck is going on? And so I think I was literally staring at them for a full like 30 seconds until like they noticed me staring at them, the police officers, and they were like, uh, good morning. And I was like, uh, morning. And I didn't even know what to say. Obviously, I couldn't ask because I think whatever had happened had just happened in that moment. So I don't think the police officers knew what was going on fully yet. And obviously, I didn't know what was going on. So instead of walking to the front, because I was like, oh, there's definitely something going on with my neighbors. I'll leave it. I'm just going to go to my car and head to work because I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) So I parked in the back uh, little alley street, as I said. And the thing is, once I get to the back alley street, my car is basically cornered in by two cops. There's one cop on the other side of the alley street blocking the entire alley so you can't get in or out. And then the other cop is in front of the neighbor's back entrance thing and blocking that side of the alley. And I'm like, now my car's trapped. What if I'm stuck? What if I can't leave? Luckily, I put all my stuff in my car and I went back to the cops that were in the backyard. And I was like, oh, can you please move the car? Because I need to go to work. And uh, yeah, they were really nice. They were like, OK, yeah, for sure. Don't worry. But you can imagine I am freaking out internally at this point. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like something's going on with my neighbors. Uh, it looks kind of serious because they're putting up caution tape like I feel like with most police incidents, they don't really put up caution tape. It's only when something happens. So I have no idea what's going on, but I have to drive to work or else I'm going to be late. And I let my landlord know before I left. I was like, oh, by the way, there's police at the neighbor's house right now and they're putting up caution tape. I have no idea what's going on. But just letting you know in case something happens with the tenants, because my unit and the unit that the police were at, they're both managed by the same landlord. So I was just letting the landlord know like, oh, by the way, there's something going on. I have no idea what it is, but just letting you know. So that was that. I go to work the entire day and then I come back home at like 6 p.m. or 6.30 that night. So it's been almost a full 12 hours and I was fully expecting like the cops to be gone. I was like, whatever this is, is it's going to be dealt with like it's done. But when I come back, the cops are still at my neighbor's house. The caution tape is still up. There's like a cop car outside. And I was like, what the heck? Like the whole day I was kind of just telling myself like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. Like whatever it was, it'll get figured out. But the fact that they were still there that night when I came back from work kind of got me spiraling a lot more because I was like, oh my God, they've been here for 12 hours. That means something really big is going on because why else would you need to stay in a house for 12 hours? Like maybe they're taking photos of evidence. I was like, maybe someone died. I have no idea what is going on right now. And my mind spirals all the time. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? I had a few hypotheses just knowing the demographic of my neighbors and stuff like that, but I couldn't know for sure, obviously. So that night was quite spirally for me. I did have a bit of anxiety going to bed. I was like, oh my God, what if I die? Uh, But I did make it through the night. I slept like a baby, which is pretty good. And the next day I go to work. The cops are not back they don't come back the next day at all. So I was like, okay, maybe it's over, whatever's going on. I 
can't tell you exactly what happened, but my landlord did text me the next day in the afternoon and told me what happened. And then it got all figured out. But that was my weekend. I mean, my week. It was quite stressful. I think just by nature because I live by myself and to see all these cops like be here for so long I was like oh my god something really big is happening so I was quite stressed for a little bit but it ended up being okay and now I'm totally fine to be honest so that's my week update (laughs) otherwise work was quite busy and actually I had a pretty good week last week this week to be honest like this week was not bad at all definitely busy but I like being busy so that is my week update also next I want to talk about manifestation and lucky girl syndrome because I recently found this and I have some things to share so I think everyone has heard about manifestation at this point which if you don't know what it is or if you're not super into it the best way I can describe it is making your goals very clear and known to yourself to people around you and you'll be able to achieve them basically it's like what you write down what you think about in terms of your goals wise if you make it very clear and vocalize it a lot you'll be able to achieve it which like makes sense But I'm not super into manifestation. Like I know a lot of people are much more into the spiritual part of it and just like daily practices and stuff like that. But I also heard about this thing called Lucky Girl Syndrome from TikTok and also a podcast. I was listening to The Wellness Cafe by Trinity Tondelier and she has an episode with Fernanda Ramirez and they talk about Lucky Girl Syndrome and just manifesting their goals and dreams. And that was kind of like where I first heard about it talked seriously And I have been trying to implement that into my life and I've actually seen some results, which is weird because, you know, with manifestation and stuff, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, that's such, like, that's just so corny and you, you know, manifesting, like, that just sounds very, like, spiritual and, like, tarot cardy, which not everyone is super into, but I think there are still aspects of it that you can implement into your life, even if you don't want to be all gung-ho about it, that will actually help you achieve your goals. So lucky girl syndrome, in case you don't know, is basically framing your life as you are diagnosed with lucky girl syndrome and lucky things always happen to you. And whether that those lucky things are things that you want to achieve in your life, like goals you want to achieve or work things, like these lucky things will always happen to you if you have lucky girl syndrome. And so let's talk about how I have manifested so far and use lucky girl syndrome so far in my life. So manifesting I've always seen, like I've tried making vision boards before and stuff like that. But it's never been something that I'm super serious about. Like, I'll just kind of do it and then forget about it for the rest of the year. But this week, what I have done is on February 1st, I journal every morning. So on February 1st, I decided to do something different and set monthly goals for myself, which I never really do. Uh, If you listen to my New Year's resolutions episode, which was not even New Year's resolutions, for me, basically like I have long-term goals but sorry my hair is getting stuck in this tape 
that's on the pictures. Let me fix that first. It's kind of bothering me a little bit. But anyways, I have goals, but it's not like uh, my goals are not pass fail because I don't like the idea that even though I've put in so much work to try and achieve these goals, if I don't achieve X number or X whatever, that I'll fail. And it doesn't really take into the fact that you can still make progress and not achieve your goal, if that makes sense. But on February 1st, I did a journal entry and I wrote down some goals that I want to achieve by the end of February. So here's what I wrote down. My goals are, number one, to maintain consistency with Over Easy, my podcast, which, not going to jinx myself, but I've been pretty consistent for the last three weeks. Number two, share my appreciation and love for the people around me. That's Valentine's Day is obviously coming up in February. Number three is keep making content for my Instagram and TikTok. Number four is 900 followers on TikTok, 100 followers on Instagram, and number five is live my best life. So actually this month what I also did was I started a new Instagram, which is basically, I'm not going to call it my influencer Instagram, but like my creator Instagram. So I post just things that I want. I don't know. It's less pressure than my main Instagram because obviously with the main Instagram, a lot of people that you know follow you and it just feels like because I've had that account since I was like 13, it was really hard to change it. So I made a new Instagram and this is all for my creative things like product photos. I've been trying UGC, just stuff like anything that I want to post. I'll just post it. So Yeah, I want to try and hit a certain number of followers this month on my TikTok and my Instagram. I've been actually working really hard on TikTok and it has been coming true. Every time I open the app, I gain a few followers, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But at the end of this month, I think will pay off. So that was the first thing that I did different was that I actually wrote down monthly goals for myself, which I pretty much never did before. I would just kind of take the month as it is and just what I what I think I would do is like my big overarching goal, for example, is like, okay, I want to be big on TikTok. I don't really specify though. It's not like, oh, I want to get 100K. Oh, I want to get 10K. Like I just say, oh, I want to grow on TikTok. And it's kind of hard to just feel like you're chipping away at that goal because first of all, it's so vague. And second of all, you don't really give yourself any specificity. And third of all, there's no timeline or like anything like that. So I think with these monthly goals, that'll kind of help break my bigger goals down into manageable chunks for me, which will be a lot better. And also it kind of just gives me a focus. If I don't know what to do in a certain moment, I'll be like, okay, if I don't have anything to clean or whatever, like I really have nothing to do, then I'm like, okay, what are my goals for this month? And let me work towards my goals. Kind of just gives me a direction, if that makes sense. And then Second thing is lucky girl syndrome, which is basically just framing your life to think that you get lucky things and they don't even have to be like super big things. Like a few of my Instagram stories about lucky girl syndrome on my Instagram have been, okay, today's sunset is really pretty. That's my lucky girl moment of the day. Or my lucky girl moment of the day is, what would be it? I got to see this really pretty thing in nature outside. Like it doesn't have to be like a real thing, but I think what this does, like this lucky girl mentality is that it frames your brain into being more grateful for things that you encounter in your life. And also just pay attention to the good things that happen to you. Because I think a lot of us can go through life and just 
not realize that some of the things that happen to us in life are actually really damn lucky and like being able to witness such a beautiful sunset like that might just be like oh that's just normal every single day thing but no right our earth is fleeting and we get to experience this super beautiful sunset while we're all still alive like it's actually really lucky when you think about it let me think about my lucky girl moment of the day today hasn't happened yet because the day is only it's only 11:39. the day is only half over but I would say so far my lucky girl moment of the day would be like going on my hot girl walk and having good weather like the sun was peeking out through the clouds during my hot girl walk and it made it really nice and sunny I was like hmm that's really pretty took a few photos and so I think lucky girl syndrome definitely is more just about framing your mindset to be grateful for anything that can happen in your life and so let me tell you about what has happened since I changed my mindset and been really grateful I mean I think I've always been just really grateful but I think I have like a very specific mindset towards it now which makes it easier for me but anyways this week after I you know manifested about being successful with my content podcast just living a lucky life I get an email in my inbox for a brand collab and that is crazy I was like oh my god lucky girl syndrome is happening to me like I am the lucky one I got a brand collab in my email what the heck another thing I was posting content on my little creator Instagram and the brands noticed the content that I put out when I tagged them that's a lucky girl moment for me That's crazy. I don't know. I've just been having like these two little lucky moments of the week. I was like, what the heck? Not only are lucky things happening to me, but my mindset with the lucky things is like, it makes me so happy to see these things, which is great. I mean, why not? Right? So those are my lucky girl moments of the week. And if you need just some spice, just some shimmer and goldenness in your life, shift your mindset to think about lucky girl syndrome that is what it is okay now moving on to the main juice of the podcast this week which are a few of my unpopular opinions so I was thinking about this because I mean I've heard these episodes a lot which is like oh our controversial opinions my unpopular opinions or whatever people share their unpopular opinions and I was like oh I have a couple that might be unpopular and uh, just explain my mindset I guess so I'll go over I only have four but some of them are a little bit deeper some of them are not so let's get into it after I drink a bit of water first also I read this thing this week where it was like You actually don't need to drink two liters of water a day or like eight glasses, whatever the thing is, because in the food you eat, there's water. And then that kind of blew my mind. Like that still blows my mind to this day. I was like, oh my God, I've been lied to my entire life. Like I don't have to drink eight glasses of water a day. I still will because I like drinking water and it keeps me feeling good. But just knowing that I was like, what else in my life have I been taught my entire life, but actually turned out to be a total lie. I feel like there's probably a lot of things that I don't know about that just are probably super untrue. 
in that case, how do you know who to trust? Because it's always like research comes out and just always contradicts itself. It's just really hard to know what to trust nowadays, especially with the internet. I don't know. Anyways, that's a random thought. Okay, let's talk about my unpopular opinions. My first one is quite deep, but it is if a partner cheats on me or abuses me verbally, physically, whatever it is, it is an immediate no. Immediate no. And I have actually been thinking about this for a lot of time this week. And I will disclaim by saying I have never been in this situation where a partner has cheated on me or abused me, and I'm very grateful for that. So maybe when I'm really in this situation, I may have a different opinion. And I know that these situations are very complex and layered and just not as easy as it seems. But right off the bat, when I think about it right now and what I want to go into if I ever encounter these situations, it's an immediate no. It's an immediate leave. It's an immediate trust is broken it's over so let's talk about why I mean I think it's kind of obvious at face value when someone cheats on you that's a sign of broken trust uh it's a sign of also like okay let me make a situation up let's say for example my boyfriend I do have a boyfriend right now but let's say I have another boyfriend in this imaginary situation my partner goes to the club with his guy friends because a one of them is getting married soon as a bachelor part a bachelor party and they all go to the club and let's say that night when they're all at the club my boyfriend cheats on me and makes out with another girl at the club and I find out it's an immediate no because there's a lot of things that you can control if you are the guy in that situation right people might make excuses like oh I was too drunk and this girl just came on to me and then it happened one let's talk about you should be able to control yourself and not get too drunk if you know that maybe that is something that has happened before like when you weren't in a relationship you got too drunk and made out with girls at the club. I don't know. Shouldn't you have enough decency and awareness that you know that that is a possibility? And then adding on to that, if you know that that's a possibility, shouldn't you have enough respect and decency to not get yourself in that situation? Because I'm going to assume that you yourself are getting more shots, ordering more alcohol, and you're getting yourself drunk like that. I don't know. Whenever I go out to the club, I've gone out to the club many times since I have been in a relationship, and I keep it in my mind that I'm like, oh, I don't want to get too drunk because I've never had anything happen where I've been unfaithful, but God forbid if I maybe drink one shot too many and something happens, like that's on me. So I don't let myself get to that point right? Like what I'll cut myself off. I'll be like, okay, I've already had three Palm Bays. It's over. I'm not going to drink anymore. Like, don't you have the awareness and the ability to know that, okay, I might get be getting to a point where lines may be crossed, right? I hope I'm dating someone that has the awareness like that. 
So that's the first thing. And then I don't even know. Like second of all is just that maybe it's because I've never gotten drunk enough because I always cut myself off before I feel like I'll go crazy. But it's just that whenever I'm drunk, I can still like, oh, I think I'm going to cross a line. Like, let's not do that. I just never let myself get to that point. And I would hope that my partner has the same respect and does the same for me. So cheating is a media no, because obviously then I know, okay, you don't care enough and you let yourself get too drunk. You didn't respect me enough and that's it. And then it's over. And then abuse, physical, verbal, whatever it is. I just believe that, you know, there are always other means of resolving a conflict whether it be between me and my partner or our, us facing something else, there is always another solution. Whether it be, I don't know how you best cope with anger. For me, it's going to the gym. For me, it's going on a walk. For me, it's like laying in bed and reading. Whenever, I don't get super angry, to be honest. I don't seriously angry, okay? I get like petty angry sometimes. But I don't get seriously angry a lot because I just don't let myself, I'm like, that's just bad energy. I don't want to contain it in my body. But even if I do, I have now learned that I need to give myself space so that I can cool off before I deal with this issue. And I think a lot of people just need to learn that. And when I was younger and in my first relationship still, whenever something happened, I would always just try to like, squeeze and like fix the issue immediately when both of us were in very high emotional states but I've realized actually the best thing is let's have some space and let's figure this out when we're both level-headed because then less things that you regret will happen and it's just like a lot easier to resolve conflicts so because of all these alternatives like to cheating to abuse to I will not tolerate any of it and then that is that. And that's it. And that's the end of the story. That's my... <sighs> but as I was thinking about this topic this week, I do recognize and empathize with victims because I know how hard and scary it can be to feel like you are basically ruining your entire life. Like, let's say, for example, your boyfriend says something verbally abusive to you And you don't know whether you should forgive him or just end it off completely because when you end it off completely, it can feel like your whole life is changing. Like you won't have this partner anymore and maybe you've been together for many, many years and you don't remember what it's like to be single because you've built this life together. I recognize that it can be very scary in situations like that. And again, I've never been in these situations, so I can't perfectly say what I'm going to feel in those situations, but... I think what I think now is just that I would rather be alone and be single again than have to deal with those kinds of situations. So that's my opinion. It's an immediate no for me. Okay, next one. This is a light opinion. My unpopular opinion is that I do not put soy sauce on sushi. No, absolute no. 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 But let me clarify. I'm only talking about sushi rolls, first of all. For sashimi, definitely a little bit of soy sauce. But even when I eat sashimi, it's like 
it's like I literally dip it for like 0.05 seconds. I'm like, and then that's enough. I don't dunk my tuna fish or salmon into the soy sauce. Oh, that really bothers me. I just think, actually, let me continue with my sushi first. So sashimi is okay. I will dip a little bit of soy sauce, but honestly, not that much. But rolls and stuff, absolutely no soy sauce. That is not it. And there's a couple reasons for it. And this actually applies to my greater philosophy of sauces. I just don't generally really like sauces in general. Like, hmm, I'm trying to think. Like, I like fries with ketchup and I like fish and chips with tartar sauce. But I'm trying to think of when I don't like sauce. Hmm, actually, I can't really think. I I like dipping sauces. Like, obviously, chicken nuggets and sweet and sour sauce. But if your food already has flavor why do you need to add more sauce on top like going back to the sushi if your sushi a lot of sushi rolls they'll have a lot of components in them already you have the rice which is a little bit bland flavored i can't i get that but it has rice vinegar in it you have the seaweed you have i love mango rolls so you have the mango you have the imitation crab you have cucumbers like you have all these different elements in your sushi roll that are all different flavors So why do you need to mask it all up and add even more flavor and craziness by adding soy sauce on it? Like, I just really appreciate the natural flavors of foods. And so I really rarely ever add sauces to anything. And that is that. So no soy sauce and sushi. I I know that I am quite unique on that one. I watch TikToks of like vlogs and people eating sushi and they'll like drizzle the soy sauce onto their sushi i'm like oh my god that does not look appetizing at all for me it's just also i don't really like super salty foods like i'm very sensitive to the salt levels so i feel like just adding so much soy sauce makes it way too salty to eat but that is my opinion okay my next unpopular opinion and this may hurt some of you if you wanted it bad enough you would do it This applies to so many things. (sighs) Let me give examples for myself, though. If you wanted it bad enough, you would do it. When I was first looking to move out, I had a really hard time finding a place that I liked. And I told myself, like, oh, my God, I really want to move out. Yep, that's for sure. But I kept making excuses about not going to see viewings and apartments and just like, oh, this place isn't north isn't uh west facing i don't want it oh this place doesn't have a dishwasher i don't want it that wasn't actually my criteria but i'm just giving you examples like i kept making exam uh excuses for myself and when i look back on it i didn't actually want it that bad like i told myself i wanted it really bad but i didn't act like it if you wanted it bad enough you would do it I have, just to continue on to that moving out story, when I finally pulled the trigger, like I just wanted it so bad, I made the viewings work. I I talked about this when I first moved out in a podcast episode, but I messaged the landlord. I was like, I will view today. I will sign up today and apply today because I just want to move out so bad. I was negotiating hard. I just made things work. And I think that if you wanted something bad enough, you would do whatever it takes to make it work. And that is my opinion. I have 
a few friends that say, you know, they want to move out as well because they're still living at home with their parents. And they just keep making excuses, kind of like I was before. And in my mind, I'm just like, if you really wanted it that bad, like you would just do it. Like just figure it out, make it work. When I moved out, I didn't know if I could fully afford it. The rent was pretty expensive. I wasn't making that much money and, but I just made it work. I created a really strict budget for myself. I just figured it out. And that is, I think, something that just comes when you want something bad enough. So that is my opinion. If you wanted something bad enough, you would do it. And that doesn't even have to apply to moving out. It can apply to like maybe you're courting someone, like you're interested in someone, you want to start seeing them, but they only go to your gym and you don't really talk to them. If you wanted it bad enough, if you really wanted to get to know them, you would try to talk to them. I don't know, at the gym. Uh, That's a little bit of a iffy situation because it's most of the time people don't really want to be talked to at the gym but let's say okay you go to this coffee shop a lot and the barista is really really cute and you want to ask them out but you keep chickening out but if you really wanted to you would do it you would figure out a way leave a note on the receipt give them a slip of paper just ask them for their number or something you know I just think that we often make a lot of excuses for ourselves and that just kind of proves we didn't really want what we thought we wanted so If you wanted it bad enough, you would do it. Okay, my last unpopular opinion is a little bit touchy, but it is just that intuitive eating is best. Hmm, actually, this has a lot of caveats though, now that I say it out loud. Intuitive eating is best if you don't have health issues, if you're just a normally healthy person, you know, you don't have diabetes you don't have things that limit your diet you don't have extreme allergies let's just say you are lucky and able-bodied and you are able to eat whatever you want essentially intuitive eating is best I think and this I bring up because yesterday I was eating dumplings with my boyfriend at a restaurant and there was this other pair of people sitting close to us and they were just talking about like how they felt really bad because they wanted to eat this cake, but it had a lot of calories and blah, 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 blah. And they looked pretty able-bodied. They looked like they had just come out of a workout class. They were both wearing workout gear. But of course, I can't know for sure just looking at them. But I assumed that they were able-bodied and they were flexible with their diet. Just hearing how the calories and the way that the food worked ruled over their mind just was really uncomfortable for me to hear because in my mind, what works best is intuitive eating. Eating when you feel hungry, stopping when you feel full, eating a balanced diet, but not counting the calories, counting the macros, counting the micros to the like nth detail. You know what I mean? I think that is what works best and what is meant for our bodies but that is just my opinion I don't know I'm also not a nutritionist or like a dietitian so I have no idea but for me at least that is also what I found has been best for me when I went through phases of downloading those apps and counting what I eat and it just made me so sad and like I never wanted to eat because I was like oh my god that is x calories it's gonna be x sugar blah 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 like I think what's best is 
naturally the human body wants to eat healthy food. If you let your human body dictate you, have more fun with what food you're going to eat, I think that'll be a lot better for your health in the long run. And that's my opinion. And that's that on that. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go make some lunch now. I'm making tacos, which I'm really excited about. And I will see you in my next episode. Bye.